Times are tough now, guys, and it's no joke out here. That's why I'm very proud to be partnering with the Upside app. They're leveling the playing field, guys. They're giving you opportunities to earn cash back on, on purchases for groceries, purchases for gasoline, purchases for food. These are the things we all spend our money on all the time. I believe in Upside. I use Upside weekly. My lifetime earnings is over $408. And you too can be earning cash back on your Phillips, your groceries, or your eating out experiences just by signing up. And it's free. By using my invite code, J-A-S-O-N 75338, that's Jason 753338, you'll earn $5 cash back on your first fill-up. Use the link in the video description or download the app, but make sure you use that invite code J-A-S-O-N 753338 and make money by using the Upside app. It has been 23 days into the new year, and I, I'm just now getting around to putting some, some dang old content up here on the Alliance Blog Podcast. I apologize profusely. Of course, we do live streams every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but I haven't been on here in a while, and I, I regrettably... Uh, er, uh, um, Anyways, it is a new day, and there's new content coming fresh. Uh, last night, I had the opportunity to speak to uh, Chris Cadillac uh, of Southern California pro wrestling fame. Chris Cadillac is a guy that I've always admired, respected, enjoyed talking to, and uh, I never really had a chance to sit down, though, and interview with him. I mean, we've sent messages back and forth on social media, and uh, I, you know, I used to talk to him uh you know, every now and then it shows, but uh, it was cool to talk to him and talk about uh, wrestling. Uh, Chris is a good guy. He's somebody that I admire, somebody that I think very highly of, somebody I wish was still wrestling. And uh, well, we'll get to all of that and more uh, just right after this. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance Wrestling. .com, the premier source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. I am joined today by what I consider SoCal royalty. Yes, my friends, we're talking about a guy who's held cruiserweight championships, lightweight championships, tag team championships. He really uh, was a stalwart of the junior heavyweight division here in Southern California. And as I was talking to a friend today, I kind of mentioned how you were kind of like the gatekeeper. It felt like for Southern California, like if someone could have a good match with you, like you would see them kind of take that next step in, in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, uh, been wrestling. You got into wrestling around 2008 with, with Jesse Hernandez at uh, Empire Wrestling Federation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jesse. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit before that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was 2007. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, um, uh, yeah, Jesse, Jesse school. That's where I started. Um, I started because, uh, <laughs> I was on a date with my wife and <laughs> my, at the time, my girlfriend, and, oh no, no, we were married. Uh, and she goes, Hey, why don't you try this? Cause you've always talked about it. Why don't we go to the training right now? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is on a whim. This is like, it was her idea on a whim to do it. And I was like, if you're okay with that. So I grabbed my wrestling shoes and we went and it was, it was just from then on, it was, I was addicted. So I, I'm guessing then you're back. You had a background in, in amateur wrestling, high school wrestling, uh, high school wrestling. Yes. I wrestled for John W North high school in Riverside, California. Um, I was at the, I mean, you saw me when I started, man, I was, I was definitely at one Oh threes. I was <laughs> in the one Oh three weight class when I started, um, in high school. So, you know, you saw, you know how skinny I was when I started wrestling. So that That's the Huskies, right? Yeah, the Huskies, yeah. I, I drive by that school like every day when I go to work. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, well, um, I wrestled Varsity 103s there for um, a couple of years, yeah. So did you did like all four years, three years, or what was what was? Um, I did two years. Um, I well, I did well, probably one and a half because um, I started to slip with my grades, so they had no choice but to throw me off the team and take my letter away. Oh, but um, 
but it was just one of those things that like once you got a taste for that physicality and like that competition you you want to keep doing that you know brother yeah from a guy like look i don't look it now but i used to be a svelte like 152 you know so i i, I know what it's like i wrestled all four years and was not very good at all but i i tried there you, you know, go like, I, you did, were there. I did the i did the, uh, I did the uh, watts summer games which was, that, that okay. was an eye-opening experience uh that was where like all the good kids went to go to wrestle and then like go on to college i went and got my ass kicked and then i never wrestled <laughs> again, so. hey but you know what dude you you battled you had that that sense of the camaraderie with the team you had that you know that that's all that's what matters what was your what was your favorite move to do in high school wrestling um the three quarters pin so like you know how like you have to um you start off at referee's position with the guy on bottom yeah. yes exactly so i would wrap my ankle around his reach under and pull his neck down just to roll him over and pin him that way that was my favorite that was my go-to that was my very that, that was my big go-to because a I lot know, of people didn't leave all for it i know a lot of people uh it has different names i our school we called it the lateral so you'd get the uh mm. Overhook, underhook, and yep. Oh. You kind of throw would, the shoulder. You kind of throw your shoulder underneath their uh, chest and try to like lift them up. Yeah, dude, that was my favorite. I would always go for that. I I did it so hard my senior year at CIF that I threw my back out, and that was oh, that must have hurt. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, oh like, man, you wrestled. Everything yeah. hurt. Like I don't. Oh, dude, every, yeah, I don't absolutely not hurting. So so your 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 bride convinces you to go and and try out for Jesse Hernandez, go to the School of Hard Knocks down in San Bernardino. Like tell me about your experience. Was it intimidating to walk into that uh into that avenue? I know back then I think uh I'm trying to think who was around then. I was TJ was still around, I I'm assuming. Right? Well TJ TJ was around but it was very rare. Um when I walked in and there was this um uh, a gentleman that was there from Canada who was really huge. Um, um, a smaller guy that wrestled with this guy. I think he was from Canada, but I, no, I think he was more from Oregon where the other guy wrestled with him. But um, the 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 person I met first and foremost was a wrestler that I I I was married to when I first started, named Jeremy Yeager. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and I hit it off big time because we were both the same size. We're both we we both could work each other pretty w well, and um. It was very intimidating because I knew how many stars came out of that school. Yeah. I knew um, how many people with notable. I did my research. Okay. Um, a funny story about that, me doing my research, was the first time I met Ryan Taylor. Um, I told him, hey, I want to be you. And he goes, oh, you go to Covina shows. And I go, no, I've never seen you wrestle in my life, but I know you're a two-time Cruiserweight champion. And I know you have so much respect and stuff. I want to be you. And he goes, oh. Okay, he was like really weirded out by that, <laughs> and then I caught a snapmare and a stiff kick to the back, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, we're playing that game. That's great." <laughs> so that was a good introduction. Uh, yeah. yeah, Taylor was kind of the man at EWF for, oh. for a very long time. Absolutely, a guy that who at that at that time he was kind of. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, he he would appreciate me saying this. He was kind of in his jerk phase, yes. and he didn't really want to talk to people and whatever. But I would I would constantly be right there, being like, "Hey, man, I want to learn from you. I want to work with you. I want to work with Hook. I want to work with people close to you. I want to learn from you." And Ryan Taylor quickly kind of enjoyed working with me every time he got a chance to. Uh for those of you who are watching, when he said Hook, he, he's not talking about Taz's kid. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Hook, Hook Bomberry. Yeah, Hook, Hook Bomberry. Uh, and, then, and then Ryan Taylor, at that time, he was the uh, NWA Heritage Champion. Very cocky. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, at more than one occasion, pissed off the promoters uh, when he was champion. So, like, uh, yeah. he, he's definitely grown a lot as a human being, and, and he's I, I love that guy. I, I kind of wish. Oh, me too, guy. man. It's be it's beautiful to see because he became like, like I said, he was very intimidating to talk to when you when you you know when I first walked in. But now he's one of my best friends, and my kids call him Uncle Taylor. So like you know like it's it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful to watch a human being grow like he has. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he knows he was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, when you see him next, tell him that Jake Hal said hi because uh, I I love that guy and, and I definitely will. I definitely he, will. 
he's one of the dudes who uh, I really helped. I didn't help. Excuse me. He really helped put SoCal on the map, and I kind of wish Amen. he had more credit for all his accomplishments while he was while he was working. But oh, let's, get, let's get back to you. When you walk into the school of hard knocks, how did you find Jesse Hernandez? Like, as how did his personality come off to you when you first met him? Um, to be honest, um, okay, he had a salty relationship with somebody who called themselves a promoter in Southern California. Um, a guy who ran a very terrible fed, I guess. Um, a guy who put an ad in Rolling Stone magazine for wrestlers in the Inland Empire, a guy named Joe Cantrell. But I mean, if you want to beep, his, if you want to bleep his name, you can. Um, no, no, it's fine. That was I the first know. time I my my wife hit him up for me, and that was the first time I ever got into a wrestling ring. And my wife, me, God bless my wife, dude, because she 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 was the type of person that could see things that you know. I'm happy to be in a ring. I'm happy just to be in a ring and you know get get some work in. But my wife's going, this isn't legit. My wife's like, do you need to get out of here? This is not a good place. Don't make friends with this guy. Don't do this. And I told Jesse that the first time I showed up, and he he didn't have to take a chance on me, but he did. Yeah. Because this guy had screwed him over so much, and I mean, I just dropped that name, and he could have told me to leave, but yeah. he didn't. You know. And, and uh, for those yeah. those who are listening right now, we we have a couple people in the chat. Uh, you know, back then there weren't a ton of places to train in Southern California. Uh, there no. was uh, there was a school in San Diego. There was a school in San Bernardino. Uh, there was a few schools in Los Angeles, but nothing really like adjacent to the Inland Empire that wasn't uh, Jesse Hernandez. And the thing about Jesse is he's he's kind of one of those legendary promoters. We we talk about a lot of the wrestlers that came from Jesse Hernandez school. You guys might recognize like Rocky Romero, Ricky Reyes, TJ Perkins. Uh, you know, even though Frankie Kazarian started elsewhere, he got a lot of training there in uh, at EWF. And then we mentioned uh, Ryan Taylor and, of course, uh, Scorpio Sky spent a lot of time there as well. Yes. There was oh a my lot God. of talent that came. I just saw him on, uh, what was it, Sunday? Uh, two Sundays ago at uh, Championship Wrestling TV taping. Oh, and, Sky uh, is, dude, Sky is the, the person, man. Don't get me talking about Scorpio Sky because I'll cry. Oh, <laughs> all right, then. That's, uh, he, he bought me an energy drink, he, which he totally didn't have to. I was like, dude, <laughs> shoot the shit. That's the was, dude, uh, okay, real quick. Um, Sky is probably one of the best friends I have ever made in wrestling because uh, um, after my wife passed away, uh, Sky got her GoFundMe link to everybody, to everyone. And he was the reason that my wife had the funeral she had. Honest to God, uh, I had people who had never met me donating money to my wife's funeral. You know, uh, Cody Rhodes donated money. Um, a lot of other people in AEW at the time donated money. Uh, he just told a friend of mine, get me the link and I'll get this to the right people. And I remember calling Sky that night, the same night, crying, saying, you know, my kids love you. I love you so much. You didn't have to do this. And he goes, I, what do you mean I didn't have to do this? This is the very least. And Sky has, I love, I, long story short, I love Scorpio Sky very much and I would do anything for him. Bro, you and I are on the same page with that. I guess that's kind of why we're we get a well we get along so well. Uh, good dude, and I, I didn't yeah. know that story, and that that just uh, I a wonderful, was... solid dude that you've never heard a bad story about because he's always so genuine and always so kind to everyone. You know, I, the times I have heard people try to talk shit about Sky, I'm quick to shut it down. Like, nope. Oh, absolutely, and that that's all jealousy. That's all yeah. jealousy. Yeah, that's all and, that uh, is. But yeah, I'm uh, sorry, I'm up. <laughs> no, I was too, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had met your wife a few times. Uh, I met her yeah. in AWS. She was, she was a sweetheart. Uh, and, uh, she was, yeah, she was, she was 100 behind me in my wrestling endeavors, and you know, rest in peace, Tiff. I love you. Yeah, she, she was one of, one of a kind, man. Um, Absolutely. So let's talk about more. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about your wrestling. Let's talk about. Uh, Why? <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> we spent a lot of time. I mean, you spent a lot of time in EWF, but that certainly wasn't the only place you wrestled. I mean, at, at, I was looking at some of the promotions you were working for today. And I mean, we're talking, of course, EWF was like your home location, but you're down in San Diego, right. SoCal Pro, 
working with yes. New Wave Pro Wrestling. Uh, I know you worked for our pal Lalo uh, in Pro Wrestling <laughs> Coalition. Uh, you worked yeah. at Mach 1. Uh, you basically were working a lot of those uh, at the time. They were all affiliated through the NWA uh, by way of Dave Marquez and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah. Then NWA, or I guess it was NWA Pro back then. Uh, let's talk about your branching out from EWF. Well, sorry, I feel like Chris Farley right now. Wasn't it cool <laughs> when you did that? Uh, <laughs> no, please, by all means. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get back to EWF, though. Like, how long... Obviously, when you train to become a pro wrestler, the idea is you want to get in that ring. You want to get in there as quickly as you can. But, of course, you want to go in there when you're qualified, too. How long right. did it take for you to go from training to, to actually working your first show? And do you remember where you were for your first show? Oh, yeah. I was in Covina, California for my first show. I was there to help set up the ring. Uh, but uh, before that, um, it took me seven months to get asked to get put on a show. Nine months to get put on a show because I couldn't afford gear. Oh, shit. Um uh the late great cincinnati red love him to death that man uh he once he saw me train he wasn't at my first training but like my, i think my third training he was at once he saw me he wanted to work with me and he kept he like he would not get in the ring but he'd tell me hey try this with your left hand try this with your right arm whatever you know like let's see how this looks and he would have all these ideas for me and he told me to look up a lot of wrestlers that i looked up to that i emulated um, he's like, this guy would fit you. I think this guy would fit you. And he told me to watch them. And he's like, dude, you were ready like three months ago. It's just that I need to know that you have gear and that we could, you know, come up with a name. And <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to come up with my name. That was really funny. But, um, but no, it was Cincinnati Red who, uh, who told me I was ready before. And then one day I show up to help set up the ring in Covina and they're like, Hey, do you want to wrestle? And I'm like, uh, of course, yeah, <laughs> nervously, yeah. you know, of course. Okay, well, we want to have you and Jaeger, and here's what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know the rest. Yeah. Was that, uh, I mean, I, I can imagine the nerves were there, but like, you know, did it, did you have the same, because I know when I wrestled in high school, like one of the two things that I always knew that it was going to be a good match is if I had to take a piss before. <laughs> if I knew I had to go to the match, having to go to the bathroom, I knew that it was going to be a good match. And always, like I never <laughs> lost the butterflies. All four years, always. Oh had yeah. Did you the know butt? that going into Covina that night? I mean, obviously you didn't know you were going to when you got there that you were going to work, but once you found out that you were going to be on the card, did you get the butterflies? Did you have to go to the bathroom? I mean, oh yeah, man. I do. I, the nervousness set in big time. I, yeah, I, I remember just, okay, well, I've done some training a million times. Let me let, we're going to work on this. We're going to talk about it. Cool. And it's Jaeger. It's the guy I'm most like comfortable with that I've been working with in training. I've been his little stunt dummy for the entire time. Cause <laughs> he already debuted. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I, I'm okay. So this is how like I I couldn't tell that the butterflies had hit me, but he did right away. So we lock up in that match, and I start fidgeting real fast. He goes, "Hey, hey, calm down, calm down, calm down, relax, relax." And I'm like, "It hey, calm me down," because he went such into father mode because <laughs> <laughs> he was just so soothing. He's like, "Hey, hey, hey, relax." Relax, here we go, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay, Mr. Rogers, what are we doing next? You know, like, just, dude, like, he, it was perfect. He, he made me feel very comfortable. The butterflies went away after that, but the butterflies before my entrance, for the very first time, were um, almost diarrhea-inducing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. kind of, like, so scared and so, like, hey, Nobody is gonna know who you are. This is the first time they're gonna see you. What do you do to get them to pay attention to you, to like you? Yeah. And Lala would always make fun of me because there was a couple of shows afterwards where he did my entrance just as a joke. And he's like, "Please like me, please <laughs> like me." So it was just, yeah, it was good times. The, it was, it was nerve wracking. Did Jaeger hit you with that tranquilo wapo? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's just I was like fidgeting so much on that lockup, and he's like, "Hey, whoa, relax, hey, hey, we all right, calm down, we're good." So it was great. So I'm, I imagine you had a lot of uh, moments at Covina, but was that like the most memorable, or do you have 
another moment that was just like changed um, your, your life? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, were you there when Liger Rivera turned to heel on me? No. Okay. I, you know what? I didn't get into most of your stuff until you got to AWS. And I'm talking. Oh, about there we go. That's that. That's a conversation. Well, we'll get there. It, in, in in new wave, I was there for the last new wave stuff. Show. Oh, so new wave, was... new wave was a whole wonderful place. Um, but um, oh, I feel like my biggest back moment back. in Covina was. Go ahead. Sorry? <laughs> We're talking over each other, and the 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 first place I ever saw you at was the Columbia Square Studios for the uh, NWA TV taping. We'll get to oh that. lord, good times when I got knocked out by Lance Kid Trevor Murdoch, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were all. I was on bated breath. I was like, oh, dude, he's dead. Oh, dude, I, I, okay, on that story real quick, I was. Um, <laughs> I remember being loopy and um, them pulling me in the back. And one, my wife's sitting right there. So my wife's not really happy that I decided to wrestle those guys. Well, not decided, but I was put in that match. Right. But everybody's backstage and everybody's checking on me. And I remember the first coherent thought I had was, did I botch? Cause I thought I fell on Trevor Murdoch yes. and legitimately ask Lalo this. My first words were, is Trevor Murdoch? Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I thought oh. I fell on him. Like, like, butt wise, I like just completely put all my weight on his head yeah. and everybody starts laughing at me. And I'm like, why is everybody laughing at me? What did I miss? You yeah. know what I mean? But, <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time you saw me. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> Yes, uh, this is this is kind of an NWA themed podcast. I mean, I do oh yeah, the NWA was amazing. Let's we'll get to more NWA talk in a minute, but let's let's finish up with Covina because uh, I I do I am interested oh. in hearing your best moment there. At, uh, uh, I feel like my, my best moment was um uh I I, I pretty much um got to plan. Almost, I got to like be creative on a lot of the stuff that happened between me and Liger Rivera, and that was a lot of fun because it was. Um, I won the Great Goliath Battle Royal that year, and then that night he turns on me because it's supposed to be his moment. Blah blah blah, and then um, that year my son was just born, so we did this whole we did this whole thing where like I'm not gonna fight you. You're my family, and I love you very much. And blah blah blah. And as I'm walking out. He calls me a little bitch, and then he. This is the line I gave him. I told him, uh, and he goes, "I'm I'm pretty sure your son's gonna be just like you." So I turn around and I ran back to the ring, and I start beating his ass. And you know, it was it was a really good feud. Um, when I beat him for the EWF American title, that was my moment. That was my holy crap! I'm here. Like everybody in Covina is okay. I, I don't want to say I'm over here, but Shit, they care. You know what I mean? No, I, I'm sorry. I, I, no, you're fine. This, <laughs> it's YouTube. I mean, as long as we don't go on like tirades, right? But oh yeah, you were, you okay. were over in Covina, man. I mean, you could oh. you could say that. Covina, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Covina was a hot crowd. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. I, I know that they still very passionate Covina. crowd. Yeah. Yes, a very passionate crowd. It's almost like the home of the EWF. I know that it's a San Bernardino based promotion, and a lot of the events are in the Inland Empire, but Covina just seems like home for for ewf for jesse hernandez so to yeah. get that reaction from that crowd i'm sure that was uh really good for you yeah it, it dude it was amazing because it's where i made my debut and then a few years later they care that much and it was really cool to see you know yeah so this is the the, the question that i don't always ask but i'm curious because i know there was a point in time especially in southern california where everything was isolated and 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 talent if you worked EWF, you weren't working like like a, a, a Millennium Pro Wrestling. Or if you worked UPW, you're not working for uh, you know XPW and, and things like that. When you were in EWF, I mean, you had spent some time there, but uh, you started to branch out. Was that a conversation that you had with Jesse? Did you have to get his blessing to start looking for other work, or is that something he suggested to you? In the beginning, it was. It was a conversation because it was like, hey, well, if we're, if we're – if you're important over here, we want to make sure you're important over there too. It seemed like a very loving conversation to have and a very like nurturing, like, you know, Hey, we want to protect your character. Yeah. But at some point it just figured, it just seemed like 
well, no, you're with us. And I'm sitting there going like, well, how am I supposed to branch it? How am I supposed to get my name out there if I don't branch out? I remember one instance that um, there was a tag team tournament that was supposed that that happened in Mach 1. That natural selection one that yeah. Sean Ricker and uh, yeah, um, Ryan Taylor and I were supposed to be the EWF team on that, but I was told to back out, so I was guilt tripped into backing out. So does that now? It's been a while since that's happened, obviously, and I know there's a lot of fond yeah. memories at EWF, but is, does that still leave a bad taste in your mouth? It does, just because. Um, just because that's not how it should be, you know. I mean, like, if a wrestler's ready to spread their wings and try to, like, hey, well, maybe I could be useful over here, then why not, you know? Like, but, you know, sadly, this is a money-run business. This is a business, you know, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business, and you you have to do what you have to do to protect it. I get that. But this person can help you along the way if they get to outstretch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like uh yeah just that and it's it's it sucks but you know what it, it's something that everyone has to deal with it sucks now that my son wants to start trading and i have to try to warn him about that but yeah. <laughs> you know but i mean yeah it sucks then too <laughs> let's let's get i want to talk more about uh, about your son and his in his journey and his path but let's let's uh let's let's talk about you branching out um, yeah, absolutely. you spent a lot of time working up and down the West Coast. Uh, like the aforementioned, you went down to San Diego working with both New Wave Pro Wrestling and yes. SoCal Pro. Uh, you did do some matches in Mach 1 eventually. Um, you yeah. were working in uh, APW, which I, I don't know. This audience might not be familiar with APW, but at one point, APW was like the Ring of Honor before Ring of Honor. It was, it was hallowed ground. Right. An experience, sacred, sacred ground. It was, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, Southern California wrestling, even though it's a NorCal area, you have to recognize what APW did for pro wrestling in the early yeah. 2000s. Uh, what did it mean for you to get an opportunity to wrestle there? I mean, so many uh, legendary wrestlers came out oh, of it. Brother, it meant luck. It was, it, it was, it was a sure force of luck. So my wife had bought me 49ers tickets as for her anniversary. Nice. And I hit them up that weekend saying, hey, we're in town this weekend. Is there any possible way? And Roland Alexander got our uh, rest in peace, Roland. Such a great guy. He himself and Marcus Mack, the booker at the time. I don't know if he still is. Um, they messaged me back saying, we saw your stuff. We would love to have you that weekend. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I wrestled their top guy, Dylan Drake. And it, it, it was really dope. And I, they thought I did a good enough job to invite me back plenty of times. And it was one of those things, man. I I grew another family. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I'm, I'm so used to everybody. I see everybody in the SoCal locker rooms. I see some NorCal wrestlers travel down. And I saw them again up there. And I'm sitting there going like, these guys are amazing. There's yeah. so many guys I couldn't wait to wrestle. I couldn't wait to work with. And... In APW, I got to work with a lot of them. I am forever grateful for that. Marcus yeah. Mack and, and Roland Alexander, God bless you guys. Yeah, man. Uh, and a lot of people, again, when you talk about California, uh, I, everyone just says that's a state on the West Coast, but it, it's a big gap. I mean, that's that's a – Yeah, it's, it's a giant state. Drive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a nine-hour drive, and I'm you know, making those drive with the people I made it with. That was fun. <laughs> who, who did you but, know? You know on the right um i don't know if you if you knew of a stable i was involved in when battleground was around called the working dead yeah you and and uh and tyler or, yeah tyler bateman b-boy yeah. and and Ray's, and Ray. it was just us it was just us driving up there and it was oh my god man the the good times we had there those were great people Ray's is one of my favorite people oh. in southern california wrestling. i'm so proud of her man because she started off as a manager and she started off as, you know, not super physical, but now she's, I've wrestled her. She's one of the most physical people I've ever been hit by. I, I, uh, probably my I, third I, hardest hit ever. <laughs> I, I told her this. I was the first time I, I remember seeing her was at that new wave pro wrestling show, the, the final show. And I was yes. like, oh God, this lady's obnoxious. I was like annoyed, right? I'm like, <laughs> God, but like in my head, like 
in the moment, I was like, she's annoying, man. God, I hated her. And then I thought, well, I guess she did she's doing job. her job. Yeah, she absolutely. Me. And uh, in years she, later, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to call her a friend. She's been on the podcast a few times. Dude, she's so freaking amazing, man. And like, you know, I, I'm proud of her and, you know, sky's the limit for her. Yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's working with wow now and, and she's been doing yeah. time there. And, you know, I, I, I tell her like, I, I don't get to see you wrestle enough anymore. When, you know, let me know when those Indies do come up. Cause I would love to see you wrestle yep. again. Uh, oh man. The, it, she, she, for, for being trained by as many people as she's been, shouldn't been trained and have had their hand in her training. She's very, she reminds me of Bateman a lot in the way that they're very like, they're very unordinary. It's yeah. not a wrestler you could prepare for. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful thing that I've always loved about Bateman. Even like way back in the day, I always said Tyler Bateman is Southern California's best kept secret. Agreed. And when he got when he exploded, I loved it. I was so happy for him. And Ray's is the exact same way. She's very, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Eclectic. She's very eclectic, eclectic with her with her moveset, moveset, yeah. and it's. It's beautiful to watch because I always feel like you learn something new every time. One of the things, and this is your interview, but I have to mention, one of the things that I love about Bateman is when you watch him wrestle, it feels so realistic. Like you watch him work his, his hand, like he hit somebody and then, you know, he's selling that he hurt his hand on the, you know, on the punch, you know. He, oh, because he, he did. Oh, because Bateman hits. <laughs> and that's where I learned. That's where I learned. Honest to God, I had a match with him at, at uh, Lalo's thing, Pro Wrestling Coalition. I had yeah. um, a commission, sorry. I had that. I had a match with him, and the second hardest I've ever been hit was by Tyler Bateman. And it, was, it looks just like a little soccer kick, but I couldn't breathe. And I... I love him for that, and that's why I learned. I used to tell my um, some of my favorite opponents this. I used to, after that match, I told them, "Hit me because I'm going to hit you." Yeah. I'd rather this be real than look terrible on camera. Sure. So hit me because I'm going to hit you. Now, so do we use the do we use the term snug for that, or or how is that? Uh, just you, yeah, no, you can you, no, you can use snug, but on the same note, here's the thing: we're both going to be in there. We can work safely. But at some point, raw emotion does take over when you're in there. Sure. And if you hit me a little harder, I'm not going to begrudge you one bit. You're just going to get it back. So let's just go. Let's let's yeah. have a good time. And one of my best opponents that I could say that I've beat the crap out of and I've beat the crap out of me was a guy named Brandon Parker in EWF. King of Strikes. Uh, the King of Strikes. Me and Brandon Parker would would tee off like in the worst ways where people thought we had heat. And then at the end, when he comes to the curtain, we're hugging and I'm like, hell yeah, that's what we did. You know what I mean? People thought we had heat because we would hit each other so hard. I kind of felt like that guy had heat with a lot of people, but maybe, maybe it was just, uh, just the way I watched him in the ring. It's just the way he worked. But then there was one time where I was watching a conversation with him and Scott lost. Uh, the 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 great Scott Lost, a guy who was on my list, and then he fucking retired. Um, <laughs> uh, where where he was worried that this move was going to hurt somebody, and Scott goes, or you could tell that guy stop being a little bitch because this is a physical sport. And Scott talked him into that, and you saw you kind of saw that weight lifted from his shoulders, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So that's really cool. For a veteran to tell him, yeah, yeah, uh, that Scott. I think it again talk about underrated talents in SoCal. Scott Lost was one of those guys, and I know, you know, he, he doesn't get a whole lot of the credit for the success of pro wrestling gorilla, um, but you know, he branched. Well, he was, he was the 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 success of PWG. I think um, the the thing that made me want to pursue independent wrestling was there was a uh, a YouTube video. That's really, really old, and I'll, I'll swear to this to everybody. What made me want to be in the Southern California indie wrestling scene was it was a hype video of the rivalry between Scorpio Sky and Scott Lost. Scorpio, boom, yeah, dude, yes, and no, and like that's when he, they they unmasked him and everything, and it was beautiful. And I was like, man, one day I hope to at least work in a room with those guys and now they're my friends <laughs> it's pretty cool but i never got to work scott dude and that makes me so mad <laughs> I, I i think 
like I, I respect his decision, right? Because he he said, okay, look, I, I have till this much time, and then once once this time hits, I'm gonna call it a day. And, and he, he stuck to it. Stuck I, to it. How many people do you see like uh who you know retire, come back, retire, come back, retire, come back, retire, come back? Oh, a million. Yeah. And, and, and he said, Nope, that's it for me. I'm 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 good. And uh he was I happy, hear, he was fulfilled. Yeah. And he had like he had a pretty good career too. I mean, he went to Japan. He he headlined a lot of the pro wrestling guerrilla events. He held you know tag titles. He took them around the world. You, you can't uh, you can't say that he didn't have a good career. I just oh know, absolutely not. I think we all wish it was a little bit longer. But oh, and brother, he was so smooth. How smooth was Scott? Jesus, man, that that elbow, that like that slam dunk elbow that he always did. Often imitated, never duplicate. No one can do it like him. Scott was the guy that once once me and him became friends, he was my constant like text in the middle of like at a show. I would constantly text him and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Blah 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 blah. And he would text me back. And yeah, dude, him and um Mr. Amazing. Yes. Uh, him they were they were very like very hands-on but that that yeah mr excitement i'm sorry mr oh i say amazing mr excitement um but that's uh, the, the aws conversation we'll talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get there quickly uh just to to wrap up uh new wave that's when you started teaming with bateman and b-boy right oh uh, no new, no that wasn't new wave that was um that was battleground pro wrestling battleground. where we where we put that we put that group together and uh it was it was it was it was my brainchild and I loved it because I was like I love these people, I love seeing them, I wanna work with them and you know they get creative. They let me have the responsibility to tell them that and everybody was on board. So that was a lot of fun. But New Wave Pro Wrestling itself was one of my funnest places to work. Um the guys who ran it were very, very good guys and they listened and that was awesome. It was it was uh, a promotion for the boys, ran by the boys. I mean, like uh, yeah, they were workers themselves. So uh, yeah, they were phenomenal workers too, guys to learn from. And anchors you know, away, anchors away had been around forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, good, good times. One of my first EWF shows where I sat in the crowd was uh, helping carry Ryan Stone because he slipped on water and hurt his knee <laughs> on his entrance. <laughs> Him back. No, it was legit. Oh, <laughs> he no. was supposed to wrestle a tag match. He slipped on water, and me and me and uh me and uh, RJ carried him back, and that was the funniest effing thing in the world Man. to us uh, at the time. Not yeah, to him yeah. right now, but um, when I send him to send this to him, he'll laugh about it. Uh, he, he's still pissed that uh, he never won the SoCal Uncensored Tag Team of the Year. He holds me responsible for that. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> there's a there's a committee. They vote on it. You know, the, I, it's not me alone. It's there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, it's not just you. That's not fair. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to uh, let's get to uh, let's talk about your time in the NWA. At the time, Dave Marquez was kind of like. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, people don't know it, but he started off doing stuff with UPW, doing stuff with XPW. Then lo and behold, he starts promoting wrestling on his own. And uh, he's he's the NWA. As far as California is concerned, he's the National Wrestling Alliance. They're, they're going big time. They get the studio. They're doing television tapings. Even before they did the TV tapings in, in Hollywood, they were doing TV tapings uh, like in San Bernardino. They were doing TV yeah. tapings all over the place. Uh, they were doing tapings in Vegas too, I believe. Um, did you ever go to any of those Vegas tapings or no? No, Vegas tapings? No. I did the San Bernardino ones that were at the roller rink. That was really cool. Um yeah, I was at that one too. Yeah, uh yeah, that one was a really cool one. Um yeah, and then I did just what whatever I was there as an extra for everything else that was uh the original Hollywood tapings. How was it working for David? Uh did you were you hands on? Was he hands on with you a lot, or were you talking to guys like Cincinnati Red and, and the other guys? Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave wasn't really hands on with me per se. Um, he would come tell us, you know, what we were doing. Okay, cool. This is what we're doing. Um, but you know, he would give us our points. This is what you're doing. This is how everything's going to be done. Okay, cool. No problem. We'll do that. And but it was mostly like other wrestlers that were hands on because. Um, you know, like my name at the time had a little bit of like buzz, a little bit, yeah. 
very tiny bit. So I had um, I had wrestlers come and check on me that like weren't my friends yet, which was really cool. So I had like the young bucks come. Hey, what do you got planned? What's going on? And you know, me and RJ had to go lose as a team to the Skull Crushers, who were the NWA Tag Team Champions at the time. My favorite thing about that entire thing <laughs> was Cincinnati Red trying to get me in trouble. As as we're walking back to do the entrance to face to get our asses kicked, royally kicked by the Skull Crushers. Right. So Cincinnati Red looks at me and he goes, "Hey, Caddy, don't take no shit." <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm gonna take everything they're gonna throw at me. <laughs> and those dudes were were big, and and anyone Dude. in the chat who isn't familiar with those guys, think of like a modern day Road Warriors: uh, Keith Walker and uh, Rash Brown. Big dude, dude. And they then, they they hurt some people, but but on the same note, they were very like very. Hey man, without you guys, we wouldn't look as good as we do. Thank you so much for doing that, and it was really cool. Like to be around a positive experience like that and then like learning and watching Dave do his thing behind the camera it was it was so positive and it was so like okay we all just want to do our best so it was like it would psych you up a little bit like hey let's all just do our best like, hell yeah let's do this and you so you were there for for that match and then of course the the match with uh Lance Cade rest in peace Trevor, Trevor Murdoch yeah uh, now you mentioned that you got like knocked out in that match, but those guys were in WWF just a few years or WWE just a few, like maybe months before that match happened. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a thrill for you to be able to say like, Hey, I, I got in the same ring as some of the, these guys that are on Monday night raw. Oh, hell yeah, man. I, I was a big fan. I was I, I, like, I love, I love a good cowboy gimmick and they had that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. My favorite movie in the world is tombstone. I love a good cowboy gimmick. But yeah. like, but watching them like plan things with us, and I don't know to this day if it was like just a rib because there were a couple things that were like, hey, we want to, hey, you're little enough, I want to do this with you, I want to do this with you, and then when I got tagged in, they just beat the crap out of us, and I'm like, okay, cool, that's cool. I remember one of the, one of the things I heard was uh, after my after I got pinned was uh, oh, just another day at the office, and they high fived. <laughs> Damn. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's special. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? Hey, who can say they got knocked out by you guys? It's cool. A lot of people, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, in your defense, you got to be in the ring with two of the best. Hey, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, I'm not gonna say I didn't begrudge them one bit, but you know, it was a good time. It was it was really cool to to be like, hey, you know, I did I wrestled them. So let's, let's transition from the NWA because I know there was a lot of other things at the time. I know you're working SoCal Pro on and off, Battleground. But uh, AWS, man, that uh. was a wild time. Like I was at just about every one of those shows and the fans just, man, they chewed you up. Like you were so over your heat magnet there. Uh, brother, that was the first time I was like Bart Kapitsky came to um... – I think my son's second birthday party and uh he talked to like he was one of the last people to leave it was just me him my wife uh peter avalon and ray rosas who showed up later um we're sitting there drinking eating food whatever left over and bart goes hey do you want to be a heel <laughs> all right and i go i think i could do good as that because i'm a natural asshole and he goes let's try that and from then on, yeah, it was, dude, the heat I got was amazing. I'm going to mention somebody in the audience, and I'm sure you probably remember them as well. I don't know her name. The girl with the dreadlocks, yes. yes. She was, <laughs> oh, man, you pushed every single button she had. Like, I thought she was going to jump in the ring at some points. Like, oh, dude, it was great. And then when I won the AWS light heavyweight title, I was like, we did it. I said her name and I was like, we did it. And I went to go try to hug her and she hit me. <laughs> I thought there was times where I thought Tiffany might go knock her ass out, to be quite honest. <laughs> no, nah, Tiff knew Tiff, Tiff knows that it's a show and stuff, but like, it was funny, man. Like, dude, like I, I was taught, I think, I don't know. I don't want to say it was Sky who did this because he wasn't here all the time, but I forgot who told me that like find one person on one person 
focus on that and everyone around them is going to hate you it's going to grow and it's going to grow and i'm sorry you're a girl wearing beetlejuice tights and dreadlocks you're my guy <laughs> i'm going with you you're my horse <laughs> we, you know and the thing is is like being in that audience you know i'm there with my wife and i'm like oh man this is this is kind of uh it's kind of dicey man like Damn, lay off her, bro. She's. I put, I, yeah, I, I got in trouble and I pushed limits a little bit, but you know what? It 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 made everybody hate me a little bit more. So I I fed off that. Okay, well, pay to see me get my ass kicked. Who yeah, well, maybe, maybe maybe this guy will kick my ass? Who knows? Come on, come pay to see me. One of the first things you said on this interview was, "It's a business. It's, it's a, a business." Amen to that. Tickets one way or the other. And, amen. Uh, and, and and damn, like again, being in that audience, it was like, yep, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. And dude, uh, being being a heel and having that be my real first opportunity to be me, like not be well, yeah, be me. Because even I remember, um, they rented the ring one time from Jeff Dino. They had that really small ring yeah. for SoCal Pro, and uh, Jeff Dino walks up to me. He goes, "Wow, who knew a pissed off Cadillac is a good Cadillac?" And I go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, let me be, let me do what I'm doing. Let me do what I'm doing. And man, it was, it was just, it was so, it be from being the flippy good guy that takes pictures of little kids to immediately being the opposite of that is so freeing. Yeah. And so, like, in a way where you're like, this is a whole new area and I get to explore the open world on this video game. Right. I don't have to just do the mission. This is an open world. It's beautiful. Did that did that momentum from AWS carry you to other places? Like, how did that? How did the transition go from AWS to other places? Oh man, other places. It was. It's weird because, like, because I got so comfortable in just being a jerk, and I got comfortable in kind of being myself. That yeah. when they wanted, when people wanted me to be a squeaky clean good guy and stuff, ah oh, man, I I forgot how to do it. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how to do it and i'm sitting there going okay cool i'm just gonna i'm gonna do some flips and high five everybody no no they're smarter than that that's not all it's gonna take anymore yeah and uh dude it's it was it was a relearning of what you have already learned you know going back to aws what did it mean to you like yes the celebration in the ring that was fun and and, and all of that but what did it mean to you to to win that title because again like sir you, you grew up in EWF. That's that's yeah. where you started, uh, but I feel like you hit your prime in AWS, and that that Cadillac was certainly to me Thank like you, that's the term gatekeeper I like to use for you because you know I'd, I'd see you have lots of good matches at AWS, but that moment when you won the title, like, tell me about that, brother. That moment it was just like Red Cincinnati Red and Bart had their faith in me. They're like we love what you're doing here it is and i'm i sat there and they let me have the microphone afterwards and i like i told i told cincinnati red and bark i'm gonna try i'm gonna try really hard can i just cut this promo and i told them promo i want to cut they're like okay you can try and uh do you remember the promo i cut after that just a little bit i mean that was it was a long time ago and i didn't buy the video so i don't I, I, my, my idea was i wanted to talk to somebody and i said now you can't ignore me now you have to see that i'm on your level now you have to see and give me my com my respect and my you're supposed to be my friend now and my whole build-up was to try to get scott lost back into the ring <laughs> because i, I wanted that. like i was begging him at the time because we had just become really good friends uh, I, how we became friends, we played a three-hour game of quarters where we both got really drunk. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we, I, I was like, I, I was trying. Like, it's not fair that you got to wrestle Parker and you got to wrestle other people that came up after me, but not me. It's not fair. I'm at my prime, like you said. I'm like, I'm at my best right now. Like, oh, it's not fair. I want you at a show. I want you to promote your comic book, and I want to slap you across the face. Like, he, he's like. No, I was like, I'm done. I'm like, please, please, Scott. I, Scott, dude, you can ask Scott how many times I begged him to be a part of something like that, and he wouldn't do it. But that title, because of Scott Loss holding it, because of Scorpio Sky holding it, because of the lineage of people that had held it, it meant worlds to me. 
Yeah. It meant the world to me. It was it was probably my WrestleMania moment pretty much. Like, dude, it was dude, like those guys, so many like so many established wrestlers who are everyone's favorite wrestlers are have held that belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I probably teared up a little bit. That's cool, man. Like to me, I love hearing that you're a human being. You know, like I mean, yes, I already know that you're a human being, but like when when you're when wrestlers allow themselves to be a little bit transparent after the fact, you know, and say, "Hey, this was this was a special moment," because you are human. Yeah. You, know, you are allowed to feel these things. And Absolutely, you it had no feeling whatsoever. Like a, a challenge. Like, are you even a, a human being? Are you a robot? What's going on here? But uh, it's it's cool to hear that. Like that that, that moment was special to you. Yeah, um, man. Thank you. What really does. what other moments uh, in your career? And because it spanned well over ten years, what other moments were special to you that were significant? Um. Uh, oh man. Um. Just damn on the spot. Like um, probably becoming a tag team wrestler for a little while with B Boy. Um, yeah. That to me, right there, like I discovered tag team wrestling was so much fun to play with because you had four bodies to play with instead of just two. Yeah. And uh, I I really wanted that to be somewhere. I was really creative there. Um, like no one will ever tell you. And I think Jerick, remember remember Jerick Matthews? Yeah. Um, I believe he told me one time. He's like, dude, you're so creative in the ring. He's like, I love that you come to a match with everything create. Like, you have the whole match planned out with some creative stuff in there. And I'm like, yeah, well, I never liked coming without anything new. I want the crowd to watch my match and go, I've never seen that before. And um, wrestling, um, TJ was great at New Wave. Uh, the New Wave, the end show was amazing. Um, it was my idea for Terex to do the cannonball to me, which was a bad idea, but it was my idea. <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know, Terex is like legit, like 450. He's huge. And, and it was my moved, idea to Kevin Owens. really well for a guy that big. Like he's very much so. Terex is very underrated. That man, that man, that man, that man could do some stuff. But, um, man, um, just winning my first title, my first EWF Cruiserweight title, that was awesome. Obviously, it's going to be my favorite thing. But um, also just like anytime I wrestled in front of my son and he got to sit there, you know what I mean? That yeah. was a very special time. So your your last match was in 2021 against Jake Cartwheel, Jack Cartwheel, excuse me, Jack yeah. Cartwheel, who you guys could see AAA. He challenged for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title. Proud so of that kid, man. He's on AEW. Tell me about working with him. Uh, that was your last match, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a. It, it wasn't supposed to happen. Um, it wasn't planned. Um, because the week before, the month before, during COVID lockup, they brought in Hammerstone, and I'm sitting there going, "Yo, we need to add somebody to this match because it doesn't make sense for me to pin Hammerstone at all, and he's not going to want to lose to me." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, I and Jack was just walking around like. They teach you when you go to a show as a wrestler, bring your gear because you never know what you get thrown on. Right. So I immediately grabbed Jack and threw and took him to the promoters and said, "Hey, what if we make it a triple threat? You know, blah blah blah. That that way Hammerstone can look strong. I could. I'm sorry, am I giving too much away? No, you're. <laughs> that way I can look strong and you know I I'll, I'll pin Jack on a fluke. Yeah. Boom. Did that. So then the next month it's automatic. Hey, no, Jack. Jack wants his shot. Cool. All right, let's do that. And we did that, and I got severely hurt. Oh, by a spot that was my own doing. Oh no. Uh, it's all. It's always my own doing that hurts me the most. Um, That's a bad life, dude. Straight up. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh no. <laughs> I meant, but um, I, I meant me too, my friend. It wasn't just <laughs> a, you. No, but um, it was my own thing that hurt me, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's end this. And dude, I just having a conversation with that guy's such a down to earth guy. Yeah. He's so he's so down to earth and he doesn't want to hurt nobody. He doesn't want to have anybody complain. He just wants to have a good time wrestling. And man, that's the f attitude to have. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't have that attitude anymore because a lot of people have been like hurt and destroyed by the business. And you yeah. could tell that he's still having fun with it. And that, God bless him for that. I'm proud of that kid. 
Uh, we're getting towards the end of this interview, and like I can't yes, believe it's already been almost an hour because it flew by. But Thanks, you, you mentioned a couple times about your your boy, how he got to watch you wrestle, and now yeah. he is interested in making that journey himself. That he wants to become a pro wrestler. Yeah, and you and I had talked offline about about potential people you would want to train him. Would you care to reveal that on the live stream, or is that something you want to hold close to your vest? Um, no, I, I mean, I don't mind. Hopefully, they don't mind. Um, I talked to Lil Cholo because Lil Cholo is a big influence for me in the terms of learning that lucha style and the American style. And I want Ian to, I want my son Ian to have the, a firm grasp of that. And I was, I, I'm thinking there's almost no better teacher running the school now than 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 Cholo. Yeah. And I hit him up, and he was like, okay, well, this is what we'll do. I'll let you – you know, I told him, I'll let you know because I'm hoping at the end of this month or in the beginning of next month, and, you know, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get it, the ball rolling. But um, a guy I helped train when he was when he was just as littler than my son, um, he said that, yeah, he'd be honored to, to help train my son is Adrian Quest. Yeah, Adrian Quest is a phenomenal talent. He's been a phenomenal talent since he was 11 years old, and I can't think of a better way for a young person to come in the ring with the tutelage of somebody who just entered just as young, you know? Yeah, and who will tell help them, help mold them into the wrestler they want to be, and help mold them into the smart business person that he is. You know, Adrian Quest is a big inspiration too. I'm not gonna lie, I I helped train him sometimes, and it was amazing. But watching him do what he does with his clothing brand and his wrestling and everything that he puts his mind to, it's a beautiful thing to see. Getting an opportunity to wrestle in Mexico City for CMLL, I'll, I'll tell you, I got to go to Mexico City last year, and I was at uh, two CMLL events. And it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah. You're in the see you that it's it's different and it's uh it's it's beautiful, you know, like uh it's kind of weird to say, but it's beautiful, like just the the way that the culture treats the show, that the 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 respect that the wrestlers get, you know, the the whole dynamic between the uh rudos and technicos, it's so it's so weird. It's it's I wish that wrestling in the US was a little bit more like that. And and to know that Adrian Quest got to go there, like when I was there, I got to see Rocky Romero, which was still kind of cool for me because that's a guy I've been watching for like 20 years. But, uh, you know, Adrian Quest ended up going later that year. I was like, damn, I wish there was another trip in it for me. But, uh, oh man, Quest, Quest is very awe inspiring and very, like, very creative. And that's one of the things I, I respect and I love about him. So, with all that being said, you know, I, I know Ian is still, you know, still, still needs to get trained, still needs yeah. to get time in there. But, uh, Will we see Chris Cadillac back in the ring at some point? I'm working on it uh, slowly but surely. I'm working on it, but um, right now I just gotta I gotta be full on dad mode. You know me. I gotta be full on dad mode and worker. But I mean, I'm trying. I have a bunch of good uh, people in my ear about some certain things, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully in the future, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, number one, before you go, before you step back in the ring, I want you to come back on here and we could talk about it. Number two, I want to know where you step in the ring so I can be there to be a part of that experience because that'll be pretty cool. And I would like to be there for Ian's debut too. So let me know when that happens because I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely well, will do. It, it's look. I'm I'm not. I'm just a guy with the microphone, right? But uh, I feel like there's this uh, in wrestling. There's so much rich history, and Southern California is no different than any other territory. And you know it, the stories, man. It's the stories that are exciting and compelling. And knowing people and seeing the growth of people, I mean, that's all what wrestling is, and it's beautiful. And uh, so I would love to see there to see El Hijo, you know, the, to see your boy in the ring. Oh, he know. wants nothing to do with the name Cadillac. He does, oh, he no. it. <laughs> and that hurts my feelings. But on the same note, I get it. Make your blaze your own trail, but man, he doesn't want to be Ian Cadillac. He doesn't. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm still trying to convince him, but we'll see. <laughs> you gotta keep working on it. Keep working on it. Yeah, man, we'll do. Well, thank you. I just want to thank you that it's been an it's been a pleasure to to reminisce and talk. You know, uh, it's a, and I'm I'm just glad that a lot of people didn't forget about everyone's favorite, the cure for the common wrestler, the dad bod god, Chris Cadillac. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you very much, Jay. It's been an honor to just 
shoot the shit with you about wrestling, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm I'm gra- grateful for it, and I appreciate your time. And like I said, uh, this doesn't have to be the last time. We, we can do this. No, again. it doesn't. We'll see, man. All right, brother. Well, then, uh, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Amen. All right, brother. You'll see you soon. You guys be safe. Have a great day. All right. Be well. Bye. Dadalac. That's my guy right there. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, that interview. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with the pre-party. I'll be here with Poyle Del Mar. You could join us then. And then, of course, Wednesday, the other Alliance guys will be in-house. What are we talking about, man? Because there ain't no NWA, that's for sure. But until next time, we'll see you at the matches. Thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com, the premier source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. Would you consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode? You can follow us on all social media at the Alliance Blog, and we stream live on Twitch, Kick, and YouTube every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Alliance Blog. Until then... We are the Alliance.